What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. We are really excited because we have a giveaway for you guys from our sponsor over at Red Hoof Apparel. Um, you can check them out at redhoofapparel.com. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about the giveaway. What you're going to want to do is uh, follow Red Hoof Apparel on Twitter. Second step is follow us at Cowboys Hippies on Twitter for the podcast account. And then retweet the official tweet announcing the contest when this episode drops. You'll be entered to win a hat from Red Hoof Apparel of your choice. So go on, check out the colors, and uh, get entered up to win. It'll be great. But yeah, we got a fun one for you, don't we, Mike? Yeah, welcome on in to what is now episode 11 of the Hippies and Cowboys podcast. We are bringing you the best in the country music world like nobody else will tell it as always. And yeah, tonight's going to be uh, an awesome one. We have Grady Smith, the YouTube sensation, country music commentator, joining us here shortly after the break. Uh, and we're going to have some, some great music from Vincent Neal Emerson and a new one for us introduced by Grady Smith is, uh, from Gabe Lee, a guy out of Nashville. So stay tuned for all of that. It's going to be great. Yeah, we kind of get a chance to talk about Grady's journey through the world of YouTube. Uh, we get to hear Grady's takes on Crocs, deal breakers, and who he'd like to see in a country music cage match. And <laughs> then we go on to talk about how Grady's journey has shaped his perspectives about country music. And uh, you get to hear, as always, some of our takes on the subject. So looking forward to having you guys hear this one. Um, before yeah. we do get started... I just wanted to say that uh, we like to poke fun and, and uh, drag Nash Nashville through the mud once in a while here on this podcast, but what happened on uh, Monday night is obviously a terrible thing, and we just wanted to extend our thoughts and prayers to everybody um, everybody affected by the, by the tornado there, and uh, if you're able to, definitely give whatever you can and donate and uh, share amongst your friends so just wanted to say that before we got started uh yeah yeah i mean yeah when 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 we talk about nashville and in, in a negative light we're talking about the the machine the industry obviously it is an amazing community it's really tight-knit and uh just all all the great musicians and fans of music there we know we know they're all going to pull together uh and and rebuild um but if you can help certainly um that the, the more the merrier in, in that battle of rebuilding. Well put. Um, so anyway, we are going to jump into our first song here. It's a new single from a fellow that we have heard on the podcast before, Vincent Neil Emerson. And uh, you'll be hearing his latest single, which is a cover of Manhattan Island Serenade, originally recorded by Leon Russell in 1972. We're looking forward to you guys hearing this one, hearing the episode, and... Uh, Let's get started. Sitting on the highway in a broken van Thinking of you again Guess I have to hitchhike to the station With every step I see your face back at me saying you're the only one 
Making me feel I could survive And I'm so glad to be alive Nowhere to run this night I can talk to play Messed up inside and it's been raining all day Since you went away Sitting on a highway in a broken van Thinking of you again Guess I have to hitchhike down the highway Every step I see your face Like a mirror looking back at me Saying you're the only one Making me feel I could survive So glad to be alive Nowhere to run, there's not a guitar to play Messed up inside and it's been raining all day Since you went Since you went away song uh that's something <laughs> uh sent sent to us by an anonymous fan out there an anonymous not fan supporter listener um <laughs> with a with a pretty good sense of humor on them it's great it's great it's it's grown on me the first time i heard it i wasn't <laughs> sure but it's it's kind of hilarious i like it <laughs> enjoy the podcast <laughs> oh that's too funny anyway um What'd so you think, as, Grady? As what's your What's your full ana- an analysis on that? <laughs> well, I didn't know if I was like a. I didn't know if I had to be introed or if I was just allowed to sit here. I no, like no, it. I like in. it. You know, especially in our little <laughs> niche of the internet where everyone takes country music so very seriously. I think it adds some nice levity into the mix. There you go. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Hopefully, no one like threw their phones out the window after hearing that. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Hopefully nobody stopped listening because of it. Maybe if they no, did, 
can't can't blame them. But pretty good stuff. Um, all right, Garrett, what are we what are we going into? What, what are we diving into first here? Well, I mean, obviously, as we said there in the intro, we have uh, our distinguished guest here, Grady Smith, with us, and uh, so yeah, how's it going, Grady? Good What's up, guys? You, Thanks for having me on the show. This is exciting. I've Thanks seen what you guys are doing. I've tried to decode the labyrinth of, uh, you know, Twitter usernames and which one's yeah. real country revival and which one's end pop country. And then there's hippies and cowboys. And I just know everyone has <laughs> avatars now to, you know, sit here, be talking to a person yeah. named Mike and a person named Garrett. It's like, wow, I really real understand people. so much more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's somebody, somebody behind the Twitter account and say, we're not just robots. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, we've. Yeah, we've obviously been following everything you've been doing with your on Twitter and on YouTube, and and it's yeah. all that's always a, a a fun time too. So it's cool to just like collide the worlds together here, have a little sit down chat. So excited, yeah, man! But it's funny that it's funny that you say that, Grady, because like I've been like I've been thinking about it lately. Somebody said like, uh, do the people and uh, just one of my friends or whatever, he's like, do the people even know your name and shit? I was like, well, I mean probably from the podcast but like if they just follow me on twitter they don't really know my name or know what i look like so it's like i don't know maybe do a face reveal soon maybe i'll put a picture of myself on <laughs> look man you can say a lot of stuff when your face isn't when it's not your name and not your face on twitter if y'all only i'm such a nice guy on twitter but if y'all knew the things i wanted to say sometimes <laughs> if it weren't my name and it weren't my face right there i would say whatever you guys i love yeah. some of the stuff you've been doing so yeah um, well, thanks. i don't know Appreciate there's a method to your lot. madness a little bit, yeah. It's organized chaos, I guess, sometimes. But yeah, <laughs> that's that's um, kind of the beauty of it, man. I mean, Twitter's like, or like, that's kind of how like I think I gained some of, I mean, gained followers in the beginning when I first started that account. I mean, I just went on there just to say whatever the fuck I wanted and like not care about who's gonna who's gonna reply to me because it was all just strangers, you know what I mean? <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, I think it was like the the genuine the genuineness of it that like kind of helped me out in the beginning <laughs> people were yeah. like this is just a guy just saying whatever the hell he wants it's not not mm-hmm. uh not anything professional <laughs> yeah that's the beauty that's the beauty of twitter and that's the scary part about it too so yeah so long as you can take the good and take the bad and not you know slip into the vortex of it whenever you uh you know when someone's mad at you it's it's a good thing but that's true yeah i right need to on. handle twitter battles better i like to clap back but <laughs> dude yes dude some of the some of the stuff you engage on in there i'm like dude like they're just i, I don't know i feel like they're just trolling with you or something you just hang them out to dry it's funny i enjoy it but i like roasting yeah, people yeah I don't, i'm yeah. not too much of an mm-hmm. asshole about it yeah some of us you're pretty ruthless you're more ruthless than i am i think but i don't know hard to say Oh, yeah, I've funny. gotten canceled twice uh, in the music convo in the last year. First, when I already had a video up on Lil Nas X and uh-huh. why Old Town Road shouldn't be on the country chart. And that was before the controversy happened of it getting oh, removed oh, from yeah. the country chart. So then oh, wow. that video like blew up and everyone was I was like the obvious like country racist to a lot of people. Oh, God. Um, yeah. And I was way oversensitive to it. And then again, uh Upchurch, the country rapper uh i reviewed one of his songs and wow he did not like the review that i had of his song which wasn't a good song nor did he like that i said why are you covered in confederate flags 
which was just a question. Um, but I can, uh, <laughs> That's but, a genuine uh, question. Wow. I was, um, you know, he sicked his re- his whole fan base on me, and that was like a wow. full two weeks of uh, hate from all angles. So I think a year later, I have a much thicker skin online than I used to. But I still <laughs> Man, am sometimes I, so, way oversensitive on Twitter. Well, I, so, I so, seen yeah. that whole like upchurch thing, but I had no idea like who he was or like what the whole thing was about when you were in the middle of that. So I just like I, I kind of just ignored it. But I had, I mean, yeah, I had no idea what was going. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. There's so, a lot to that story, but we won't so get into it. Yeah, we you got you got you got in trouble twice, or you got yelled at twice, I guess, on there. And and the one time, let me get this straight, was. Because you were a racist, and then the second time was because you were calling out somebody else for having Confederate flags. It's <laughs> a little fun. There you go. It's officially 2020. It's officially the internet. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, that's I also cool. have no idea who Upchurch is, so I, I can probably... It's it's funny that he like, like went at you himself. It wasn't like just a fan. Like He actually yeah. like came at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot to it. Interesting. And... Interesting. Yeah, yeah. We like you said, we don't dig into. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to get into it, it here. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. The, the wonderful, the wonderful world of YouTube. Um, why don't you? Why don't you tell us a little bit about how that all started? And like, I mean, you're you're pretty huge on there now. I know you got over a hundred thousand subscribers now. I seen. Yeah. So my background is I I started as a journalist back in 2011. I graduated college. I moved to New York City. I had interned at Entertainment Weekly before that, and I worked in the magazine world for about three years. And I actually didn't even start in the music world. I started in the movies department. So I had been hired as a box office reporter for Entertainment Weekly. So when I was in college, I did this almost fantasy box office uh, (laughs) game every weekend where I would predict how much money the movies were going to make, and then I would report on how much they actually had made at the end of the weekend. And I ran my own little blog called The Box Office Junkie, and that is how I got Entertainment Weekly's attention because I would do videos for that uh, website as well. And at one point, I made a video called I Want an Internship at Entertainment Weekly. Back in like 2010 or 2000, I think I did that in 2009, actually. That was super novel. Uh, it came across as super ballsy and cool to have done that i think it, those very, type of video applications are a lot more dime a dozen now but very they basically title <laughs> yeah well it really was my favorite magazine no, it really like truly <laughs> was like and so it was a full of inside jokes kind of with the staff that was like kind of calling out every staff member and saying why i think i'd get along with them right. and they just thought it showed something and the editor-in-chief jess cagle who later became the editor-in-chief of people magazine um he basically hired me off of it and so i worked up in at entertainment weekly uh somewhere along the line about like a year and a half into my time there they needed someone to write a jake owen review and the guy that had been writing the country reviews was a freelancer that had been hired by the la times and so he had a non-compete he wasn't allowed to write for the magazine anymore. So the music editor, Leah Greenblatt, who I still think is one of the best music writers or just writers, period, in entertainment. She was like, does anyone, you know, listen to country that could cover this little Jake Owen record in 90 words? And I yeah. just sent a message back like, you know, I, I did growing up. I don't feel like I know it that much better than your standard country fan, but certainly enough to write 90 words about it. And I was the only person uh, on the editorial staff from below the Mason-Dixon line in, in um, 
in the office. And so as kind of the resident Southern boy, which is Southern. hilarious, because <laughs> if you talk to someone in Mississippi or Alabama, they would tell you Virginia is not even the South. Not so. But I covered that Jake <laughs> Owen record, and that was kind of my gateway into the industry, um, into writing about country. And I think I just happened to kind of enter the country music world at this really interesting time where it was right when uh, I think Zach Brown had called out Luke Bryan's That's My Kind of Night as the worst song he had ever heard. <laughs> and they had this whole feud going back and forth then. Mm -hmm. uh, Jason Aldean got involved and was like Instagram shading Zach Brown. And then Casey Musgraves kind of came out of nowhere and was not taking any crap from anybody. And it was just this really, really sort of identity crisis moment of country music and so like it was fun yeah. to write about and oh yeah you know I, I know i'm rambling here but essentially music was more fun to write about than movies actors are very beautiful and very boring um whereas musicians are just like all sensitivity all craziness um all passion you know they're not contractually obligated to promote their uh, their movies the way like an actor is they right. are their own product musicians are nuts and they really want to come across correctly and they really want to um just be on when they're in an interview or something or even in their music so it was just so fun to write about i had no competition at the magazine to write about country music i liked it i i, I was at the time getting into saving country music which was really helping me find this whole other world off radio and it all just kind of clicked and from day one of writing about country that stuff for me has done well um everyone's just my perspective on it it was just immediately obvious to me that this was more popular and a smarter route for me than mm -hmm. covering the film industry and it's a type of music i love and my love for it has only deepened and so that was the genesis point but i um yeah. I quit media back in 2014. I moved myself down to Virginia. Long story short is I just didn't like the person I was becoming. I had a radio show. I hosted a web show at the time. I was doing just so much work. I just was in that postgraduate hustle mode, but I was just becoming a shallow person. And um, so I wanted to, rem I probably overcorrected, but I fully removed myself from the industry. <laughs> I moved myself down to Virginia. I took a little marketing job. Um, and was a restaurant manager for a while, worked wow. in a hotel for a while, worked for a church for a while, worked for, I started doing freelance pieces in like the Guardian. I mean, I've done, I've had like 14 jobs or something after college, but huh. YouTube just became my creative outlet because I thought I had overcorrected. And I started being a YouTuber uh, really in full, like in 2017, just as a hobby at first though. And in the last few years, it's kind of steadily grown, steadily grown, steadily grown. And then 2019, kind of, I guess I hit my tipping point where I had this one video about snap tracks that um, blew up and Love that kind video. of, Love that video. yeah, <laughs> it got like almost 4 million views and sort of really I moved seen. the needle for me. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was the first one I seen of yours was the snap tracks one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was, that, yeah, instantly went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> well, I have another viral video, weirdly. I mean, it's, that's a complicated <laughs> story, but like I made it just truly, I've never put less work into a video. I have a video from 2013 <laughs> why, called Why Country Music Was Awful in 2013. I made right. it in like six hours in my bedroom. It was a clap back to someone on Twitter, back to Twitter, <laughs> uh, that said that they didn't, uh, they didn't, 
like that my 2013 best country albums list was so indie. And so I was like, well, here's why it's not mainstream. And I posted it and it was huge. And it actually like that video going viral. It was like the number one story on Buzzfeed. It was the number one story on Fox news. Um, and I was in major trouble for it with the dot com side of the magazine. The web editors were mm. livid with me um, at Entertainment Weekly that I had posted this video and it wasn't hosted in our flash player with an exclusive ad on EW.com. And so it was a really strange situation where just something I kind of. I wasn't intending on it being a viral video with 5 million views. I didn't know that was going to happen, but that was really one of the sort of key moments for me where I realized I do think that like this old school way of the magazine world's thinking, um, th they're not getting where the future is headed. They're not right. understanding what's happening with media. And that was adding to some of my discontent at the magazine. If I, you know, I can sell my soul a little if I felt like I was really on a rising ship, but I did not feel that way. And that really <laughs> made that clear to me in that, in that moment. No shade to any of my, I mean, I really, at the same time as I feel a little bit of cynicism toward my, at my journalism career, I really think those people helped form me and editors are, are smart, good, interesting people. So I'm glad to have gotten my start there. Also glad to have moved on from it. Yeah. Oh, that's very insightful. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if that's well, that answers very, your very question, but I yeah, certainly talked for a long time. And then, then recently okay. here, so was it last? When did you? Because you totally quit like your day job and everything, didn't you? And just July, I went full time. Um, just re, yeah, not not too long ago. July 2019, I went full time. I probably should have gone full time in like October, because uh, those first three months, I was like, I have made a grave mistake. This is not going to work. <laughs> um, but Turns out I just was, it's just a shock when you start to work for yourself and you realize how bad you are at managing your own self, but I'm figuring it out slowly, <laughs> but surely things are working out for me now. That's good. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, you're on the hippies and cowboys podcast, so things are obviously. I know. Cool. So I fully made it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like the, the pinnacle, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh. <laughs> Claim to fame. Yeah. More, more like the other, more like the other way around. <laughs> Well, I feel like if look, if you guys make one more episode, I think you um you will have beaten my my foray into the podcasting world. I started this thing called Free Country last year and I plan on reviving it at some point, but trying to do a channel and trying to do a podcast and trying to do everything else I was trying to do, it was too much too right. soon and um I had to pump the brakes, but I'm glad that there is like a voice kind of for for some indie country exposure, but also with a little side dish of you ain't you ain't fully uh, against the mainstream, so I, I appreciate yeah. what y'all bring. But in yeah. regards to your to your <laughs> podcast and your uh, YouTube channel, it's like Ron Ron Swanson says, never never half ass two things, whole ass one thing. Hundred percent, I couldn't agree more. I really that's couldn't. Agree. I mean, honestly, that was the that was the game changer for me. Was someone basically giving me that advice? Yeah. Was saying like, dude. You're trying to do too many things. I have these old mentors um, and they were they were just telling me like, look, just do the channel. Stop doing literally everything you're doing except the channel. And I thank them for that advice. That is when things started to work for me. We're at episode 11. Like this will be this will be episode 11 now if I'm if I've got that right. I mean, shit doesn't feel like episode 11, but I guess time flies uh, when you're having. Yeah, fun. yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, good work. <laughs> well, 
Um, yeah. Oh, out of curiosity, I know I'm like backtracking a, a lot here, but that Jayco interview was it a positive one or or how did you <laughs> how that how that turn out? Because we we were literally like me and Garrett were just talking on the phone earlier this afternoon, and and he came up and and conversation. So I'm I'm curious. I, <laughs> I I all I remember about the review was that it was themed around the letter B. I was like, you know, it's hard to make 90 words interesting and playful. So I remember right. like It's true. It said something like after all the beaches and beers and babes and bikinis and it all starts <laughs> to sound like blah blah blah. And so I probably gave it like a <laughs> B minus or something to stick with the B theme. Um yeah. but we there was a while in the music department where we weren't allowed to give Bs to albums. Um, they were like, you have to give stuff in A, something in the A range or something in the C range, but we have too many Bs in the magazine and it's dry, dry, making the content boring. So it was this funny thing where uh, it's easy to give an album a B when you don't feel that strongly about it. But right. maybe I think so. Maybe I downgraded it to a C plus. I don't know. But it was Days of Gold and I'm always split on Jake Owen too. He, yeah. he was one of those people that at the time was being really outspoken in like 2013 about the state of country music. And then he would like turn around and release Beachin right after oh, that. Exactly. Like, That's the exact song we were talking about earlier. It's like, I think that was like the turning point for me where I was like, this is not good, man. But then his last album yeah. I thought was so underrated and it sold horribly. I mean, I think one of the weirdest narratives of last year is that this dude had that Jack and Diane hit. Um, I was Jack and you were Diane and he had right. down to the honky tonk, both huge radio hits. And that album literally, I'm not even kidding. I don't know if it sold 10,000 copies. Um, wow. it, it like no one cared. Very strange to me, but yeah, I think great. it was a pretty good album. Well, he sold out, uh, he sold out the arena in Cedar Rapids this weekend. I know here in Iowa, he sold out an arena. Yeah, man. The USL. Center. Wow. It's, I mean, it's not a big arena, but it's, was he an opener? Or it was no, like his show. He was, he was, it was his show. He headlined it. Damn. Then, yeah, I, was, I, was, I, just, I didn't know he was even there. I just happened to be in Cedar Rapids uh, at my buddy's. But then after that concert got out and all those fans just flooded into the bars. And, oh, God. But, yeah. <laughs> the, the country wooks, as we've uh, previously stated on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those tight jeans that their boots don't fit into. <laughs> i just got a boot sponsor and i don't know how they're gonna look because i wear skinny jeans um, oh yeah yeah you might have to, you might have to invest in some boot cuts <laughs> yeah i know i might need to i might need to take yeah. out my middle school boot cuts but someone tells me they won't fit my waist oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny oh that's um, cool man and I, I appreciate you saying that about uh about the podcast because we definitely like we that was something we kind of like we're thinking about talking about with you and i mean we'll probably get into it a bit later with some of the other stuff that we have coming up but just like how we're you know because i think people really think that we like like hate everybody in the mainstream a lot of the time just because like you know like just because i'm not i mean look at my twitter account and says promote real country but it's like i mean i'm gonna promote the guys that and like and girls i'm bad for that i you know what i mean artists i'm gonna promote the artists that you know, don't, don't have the attention. Like, I don't need to promote Eric Church anymore. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, he's massive. <laughs> he doesn't need my help. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, it certainly doesn't mean that I hate Eric Church. It certainly doesn't mean that I hate uh, even, I mean, even, yeah, some of the others, but um, 
it's it's just I, I appreciate you saying that because it's not it's not exactly our our mission here is to just sit and bash the mainstream the entire time but it is because there is there's good there's good stuff in there <laughs> there's good stuff in there somewhere well and here's the thing that makes it hard and here's the position i'm finding myself in they're the nicest people on earth i mean like bar none the biggest reason that i took my channel to the next level last year was brian kelly from florida georgia line who for no reason other than just kindness uh reached out to me last year and was like dude i saw your snapchat video i watched all your reactions i feel like i wish you liked us more but i just believe in you and i believe in what you do and you're like why are you talking to me um <laughs> and we've ended up like establishing like a a really weird but nice little friendship and um the people that reach out even when you don't give them a good review at all uh prove themselves i don't know i i i find Almost everyone I've met from the mainstream, I'm in this weird spot where I'm almost trying to create distance with them because they're so sweet. They're so nice. And I don't like their music. And it's uh, <laughs> like, ah, I don't want to have a real relationship with you. How am I supposed to gossip as like a fan with other yeah. fans if this is uh, what we're doing here? So, um, that's, that's but I do think like that of all people, Florida Georgia Line, he, he's, he reached out to you after. Yeah, that's 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 wild. But. He's he truly it like threw me for a loop. It caused more growth than any single conversation I had in 2019. The idea that this that video starts with him. He is literally right. the first shot in that video, and for him to be the one to say like, "I think you need to take yourself more seriously. You could take it to the next level. I believe in you." Um, it's a it's a, a it's weird a paradox. I'm still kind of you know, a year later, even thinking about it and being like, wow, that really caused a lot of growth in me <laughs> for like this perceived <laughs> enemy of mine that I've made fun of countless times to just be, uh, uh, you know, it was, and at the time I didn't have any subs, so it didn't, it wouldn't have made sense to like, he wasn't trying to buy my vote. Um, right. there wasn't much in it right. for him. So anyway, it's, uh, that's, it's, mm, that's interesting. That, and the same can be said for, I'm not kidding. Some of the biggest, a lot of, a lot of, here's what I found about my channel. A lot of like, <laughs> Big pop country stars like it, but only on the DL. They'll never follow me. They'll never uh, like share anything because I say harsh things about some of their their comrades. But uh, a lot of them in that scene are are good people, which sometimes it makes yeah. me <laughs> feel bad to not like their stuff, but not too bad to not say it. Fair. That's that's, fair. that's, that's an interesting. Yeah, that's that's funny. Huh. Really, I mean, yeah. It, it it you you wonder you wonder i mean going off that like you wonder how many how many of them i mean i don't know i'm trying to process this here as i'm trying to spit it out but how many of them are kind of purists at heart and still put out the garbage they put out you wonder is maybe where i'm trying to get at you know what i right. mean like yeah i think they're all pretty self-aware yeah. i think most of them know what they're doing and at some point made the decision to you know, dollars. I think whatever. it's a mix of both. I think, about, <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I think sometimes it is. I, I here's what I actually think it is. I think in Nashville there is a culture where the sort of capitalistic view of, um, like we're here to make money got fused with, you know, we're here to make art, and I think a lot of people yeah. genuinely to them there is no distinction. Um, it's like a full trust in whatever sells that makes right. it good art. And so sometimes it's kind of hard to talk to some people about, 
you know, really responding to a song because to them, the real response to a song, it's not hearing, um, oh, I really related to this. It made me think of my grandmother. She used to tell me this story at night. It It is more meaningful to them that like tens of millions of people streamed that song. So uh, we got to be doing something right. Let's make another thing like that. And so it's a, it's just kind of a weird distortion of art, I would argue, but I get why they feel the way they feel. That town knows how to make money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I can't can't totally point. It's just tough. agree with that. But I, yeah. Um, but anyway, it's not like I'm sitting here hobnobbing with celebrities all the time. I sit in my bedroom yeah, and make I videos. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew I knew it'd be interesting because you you could have so much big so much more ties with like those big mainstream artists and I don't, I don't pay too much mind to to Dude, I used to be one of the I used to be but, one of 51 people Eric Church followed and I was so proud of that fact. Oh wow. And then he unfollowed everyone. It's okay. Uh, I know. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is very exciting. But then, then I was cut along with all the others. Um, you can't feel, you can't take it personally if you cut everybody. <laughs> no, it's good for my soul, if anything. <laughs> Let the ego calm down a little bit. Oh, Eric Church doesn't call me anymore. <laughs> uh, um, should we take a break and, and listen to some tunes here? Um, Garrett, what do you think? Did we lose him? I don't know. He looks deep in thought. I think we should take frozen. a break and listen to some let's, tunes. Let's take let's take a break. I don't hear Garrett, so I'll Sorry. I'll just introduce this this next one here. We're gonna do uh, another Vincent Neil Emerson yeah, fried I just, chicken. I'm just getting oh, back there on. he is. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. We decided, uh, and we're gonna let let the yeah. let the people listen to fried chicken and evil women. Uh, Vincent Neil Emerson. Yes, awesome sir. song. Awesome yeah, song. that one. So, uh, I do want to mention that uh, you definitely keep your eyes out for uh, the vinyl copies of that fantastic record coming out yeah. on uh, March 13th. They just sold out the uh, pre-sale packages, but they will be will be available for real on uh, March 13th. And I I am lucky enough to uh, be receiving one of those pre-sale packages. So. I went on and and made the purchase because uh, yeah. that's one of my favorites of last year and one of my favorite. We were just talking about that before the podcast. I I freaking absolutely love that album. So really excited for that. Yeah, but this is yeah and, this is the title track off of that one. And uh, yeah, Mike, take it away. Me take it away. I'm not saying it. We're gonna play it. No. <laughs> okay, yeah. fried chicken, right. evil women, Vincent Neil Emerson. Enjoy. <laughs> He woke up this morning with the blues around his head An empty bottle in his hand, a stranger in his bed So he rolled himself a smoke, tried to find his dirty clothes How he ain't been killed yet, there ain't nobody know Where the road is long and hard, can't you see some of us are lucky just to be And he always said I ain't living unless I'm free Fried chicken and evil women Gonna be the death of me Fried chicken and evil women 
bus down in Vegas on a Sunday afternoon. Said, come on, Papa needs a brand new pair of shoes. He blew all his money and like the fool that he was. Held up a safe way, came out with 15 bucks. With a road it's long and hard, can't you see? Some of us are lucky just to be. He always said, I ain't living unless I'm free. Fried chicken and evil women gonna be the death of me. With a woman on a bus They rode down to New Orleans Had them a family Now all six of his kids Are out raising hell like him And he's turning old and gray With nothing left to give With a road it's long and hard Can't you see With some of us how lucky just to be And he always said I ain't living unless I'm free Now all these kids and this old gal Gonna be the death of me Yep, This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Red Hoof Apparel, your modern-day supplier of quality Western apparel. Be sure to check the brand out on Instagram at redhoof underscore apparel and place your orders for some badass hats on their website at redhoofapparel.com. That's R-E-D-H-O-O-F-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. They've got t-shirts and hoodies on the way. They got some really exciting stuff happening, so be sure to keep your eye on them and be sure to go show some love and give them a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and place your orders on the website. Yeah, thank you for that. I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you spelled out apparel because that's that's a tough one for me. So good <laughs> you job, thank know. you for that. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> I try, I try to always spell them out because you never know. Somebody might yeah. be. Oh, I will also post the link to their website in the description to this podcast. So there you have it. Red Hoof oh, Apparel. Cool. Yeah, good, good stuff over there. They, they got some cool cool clothes. Um, yeah. But really yeah, cool hats, really cool hoodies, really cool shirts. And uh, yeah, yeah they're, they got some awesome stuff coming out too. I've been getting some sneak peeks. So yeah, definitely check well, that out. But <clears> hey, <throat> we, we do still have Grady here with us too. Um, yeah. Talking some country music, kind of mainstream country a little bit we're getting some some red dirt americana talk too so he's he's hanging out <laughs> and and we're just listening to all of his wisdom and that he has to offer so um yeah like i said i think i said this i was talking on the phone to grady the other day and i was like 
I, I envy the how uh, put like put together and well spoken your uh, and well articulated your sentences and everything are. It feels like you've got everything written down what you're gonna say already, and we, me, and Mike kind of sit here and go, uh, uh, fuck, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a video journal where I do. I do outline stuff. I don't rehearse what I'm going to say, but I do outline it all. So, and then I look, I have the advantage of just getting to edit my best sentences ahead. You know, any video of mine that's 10 minutes long probably was like it like 45 minutes of that's of true. filming. That's true. Yeah. Hey, I got this outline. I know people listening can't see it, but this is my fancy oh, yeah. outline for today. Yeah. Look at yeah. you go. And I got, got my some, scribbles some past here. ones here. Yeah. I can't see me right now, but <laughs> No, so basically, basically, just the struggles of me getting used to talking, just in but, a, in any kind of a public setting. Even though this isn't public, there's nobody watching right now. It's just people hearing it eventually. <laughs> well, what what is up next on my outline that I'm looking at here is uh, one of my favorite segments that we do, and it's the the oh, yeah. six six shooter shavers, six shooter rapid fire, six shooter. What what'd you say? Shootout? What? I don't know. Something six, like that. Six shooter shootout. Whatever we want to call it. We're just gonna ask Grady a bunch of rapid fire questions. We gotta. We do it to everybody. Grady's not gonna get away without going through this. So. Yeah, I'm down. I'll try to rapidly answer. Oh, we're we're yeah. so. It, it's, this is the we're terrible at this. It's the least rapid rapid fire. <laughs> okay. Ever okay. Be a part of. But we, we we're trying to get better. So hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully we're we working can on it. Get through this pretty quick, but. Uh yeah, good luck. I, I got some pretty, pretty silly ones drawn up here, so just good luck. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. All right, Garrett, you go. You want to kick it off here, Mike? You want me to uh, take the first shot here? You go. Right. You go first. You take What's... the first shot. All right, Grady, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> What's your favorite booze? Uh, my favorite booze when I'm drinking, and I I go sober like every other six months for like six months and. Um, but when I'm drinking, it's typically rolling rock. Um, it's really, it's like water. I just support things blindly that are the color green. The color green means <laughs> in my family, it means it's mine. My brothers didn't like that okay. color. All my stuff was hand-me-downs, but anything that was green was mine. And so at some point I just started to love, uh, rolling rock because it was founded in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. That's also where I worked at a summer camp in college and we would take all our days off and hang out in Latrobe and it's green. So I'm saying rolling rock. Wow. That was a a very, but is it good? No, not at all. Uh, It's all right. (laughs) I don't know. Um, how spicy is too spicy? Wow. How spicy is too spicy. Now food wise, um, I would say that, geez, my, my aunt is for who, or I guess she's my aunt. She married my uncle, but her family's from India. I would say too spicy was her wedding with actual Indian food. I can handle American versions of Indian food, but, uh, Indian food made by Indian people and served to me at a wedding. That was too spicy. <laughs> I swear you're answering these like we have told you the questions before. I mean, <laughs> impressive. It's impressive. Okay. All right, Grady. What's what's the biggest deal breaker with a lady? The biggest deal breaker. Oh my gosh, we were talking about this last night. My friends and I. We were. Someone had a little. Someone's dog had a little chew toy with a squeaker in it, and we were saying like, "What would you? You know that game, Make It or Break It, that you play, where you're like, you imagine someone would be your perfect." 
your perfect match, uh, but there's this one thing about them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, you, and then okay. you decide, could you make it or break it? And we were saying, what would you do if, like, your girlfriend had a squeaker? Um, just, like, any time, like, she sat down, she squeaked. Anytime you gave her a hug, she squeaked. Or um, That was the situation we were thinking of. So, weirdly, when you yeah, asked that question, that was the first thing that came to mind, that it would be... Um, I think most of us decided you could you could find a way to find that charming. Um, so maybe it's not a deal breaker. But getting intimate would, know, get, would be interesting. <laughs> you know what I really hate? And I actually got into this fight on Valentine's Day once with someone. I don't like when people um, only order the same thing at a restaurant over and over mm. and over and over again. Oh, um, and are unwilling to try anything but their one order. Okay. I, wow. I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's... An... I feel like it says something deeper. Yeah. <laughs> or like people who are grown adults who go and order chicken fingers and fries everywhere they go. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I, I just like I don't think you have to you can have your favorite, you can like your thing, but I just want to see some openness to trying new things. It really <laughs> it grinds my gears. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, I guess I do know why. It grinds my gears though. Yeah, okay. Well, All right. Another another 10 out of 10 answer there. Uh college or pro sports? um i would say pro just because it's less to keep up with like at some point i decided to i mean this was like a big decision for me a few years ago to just stop trying to keep up with sports i was like there's only so many hours in the day i spend so much time consuming music and and ultimately sports are just a different form of entertainment i think i used to categorize them differently and think like, oh, I like have the entertainment side of my consumption, and then I have the sports side. And I was like, no, they're the same. I don't have enough time for this. So I'm saying pro because there's less of them, and it's easier to keep up with. But ultimately, I would rather not keep up with any of it. Oh, well. Cool. I disagree. I'm, I, I like, I like with... keeping up. I go to college. But... Okay. I mean, I went what... college. Look, I live in Charlottesville, Virginia. UVA randomly was amazing. Uh, last year at basketball and I see Tony Bennett around town all the time and we won the national championship. So I was a bandwagon fan with everyone else in this city. And so maybe last year I would have said college, but um, now we're not as good. That's fair. What's your favorite cuss word? Uh, Shit. Definitely. It's just like, just, it gives me the feeling of being edgy, but ultimately no one really cares about that. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Um, would you rather never be able to use shampoo again or uh, no toothbrush? Um, now, hmm. Wow, what an interesting question. I like this. Okay. <laughs> I, I, not being able to use a toothbrush seems more problematic. Yeah. Like, I feel like you can just condition your hair and use dry shampoo. Um, no, no, that, that I'm going to throw dry shampoo. Is that counts? <laughs> that's out the window too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it says shampoo in it, so I know. I guess that's true. Okay, well, I'm I'm still going to cut shampoo because I feel yeah. like I feel like uh, you know I lived in a frat house long enough to know I can just use someone's body wash if there's nothing else um, <laughs> within reach. So, but you can't. You need a toothbrush. You need yeah. a toothbrush. Yeah, yeah, you do. Good call. Um. What's your least favorite food? Peanut butter and any byproduct of a peanut. 
I hate peanuts. Right. It is the one and thing. And it's not I'm... an allergy. It's just you don't like I it. I wish I had an allergy. Oh. I dream of having an allergy. <laughs> it would be such a better excuse than just hating it. But I feel like I, because everyone always asks that as a follow-up. It's just my least favorite food. I'm never, I'm never difficult about it. I will just avoid it. I won't grab that cookie. I won't eat that brownie. Um, I will never say a word about it. And when I, but it is like, it creates a curiosity in people and they always ask, are you allergic? And then I have to say no. And then they're like, well, then eat it. And I'm like, no, I just don't like it. But um, yeah, I just don't like it. That's so funny. I wish I had an allergy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, I'll skip down to this one. Um, Crocs? Yes. Hell yes. Yes. Hell yes. I mean, when I was, look, I really opened my mind to Crocs a lot more when I was a restaurant manager. And I saw how many of the guys on the line were wearing Crocs. They're really comfortable, good shoes for people that have to be on their feet for a long time. They are durable and and beautiful. I'm going to give them that. Camo. If the camo Crocs is... Fair enough. <laughs> Luke Combs has his own camo Crocs. Does he really? You know, limited edition oh, wow. Luke Combs Crocs. Really? Interesting. The more you know. Um, what's, your, what's your favorite series on Netflix? Ooh, okay, my favorite series on Netflix. Wow. Let me figure that out. Does it have to be a Netflix original or just something that's playing on Netflix? I don't Netflix? know, just, just anything. Like, I just, what do you watch over and over on Netflix? Okay. Um, wow, this is hard. So I, I canceled Netflix like a year ago just because I wasn't using it enough. But I've, I've watched a lot of Amazon Prime. So I'm going to say my favorite right, thing well, yeah, on, that works. on Prime Video is probably Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Or uh, like that show, I did not expect it to... I didn't know what it was about. It just looked kind of frilly. It has like a really well-dressed lady and a title that doesn't tell you much. But it's about a, a <laughs> Jewish housewife that essentially like decides to be a stand-up comedian and kind of the havoc that that causes and her family and... Um, she's just a really, it's such a smart show. It's so like, it's a mix of whimsical and edgy. I love that. And if it's not that it's going to be like old seasons of survivor, um, on, on Amazon prime. I love the show survivor. I prefer reality TV to scripted stuff, to be honest. Um, it's like the opposite of my music taste. Um, it's a lot more lowbrow, but I just feel like there's something really honest in reality TV. So, uh, for me, survivor is the king of the Island. Interesting. Well, cool. Uh, I hate reality TV, but that's just I don't, Survivor <laughs> though. Survivor is just different. I mean, all right. Uh, what's your What's your guilty pleasure food? You know. Wow, I know exactly what this is, and it truly makes me feel guilty. When I am at my parents' house, I revert back into my childhood self. Um, I know this is a problem many of us have. We go home and suddenly it's like you're not showering, you're wearing sweatpants all day, and you're like, I don't know what happened, but I have aged down 20 years. Um, (laughs) When I go home, I will often take a mug and fill it with mini marshmallows, chocolate chips, and like a little bit of butter. I'll just like cut up some little pats of butter and I'll microwave it on high for like 30 seconds and then stir it into this like goo. It doesn't even like really work. It's like still little like chunks of butter and chocolate, but I'll eat that. I just call it goo. Um, But that is my guilty pleasure food. So I'm writing down down the recipe right now. You should start a cooking channel on YouTube. 
Mini chocolate chips and chocolate butter. chips and butter and 30 seconds in the microwave and you got yourself yeah maybe a, more a like 20 maybe maybe more like 15 and then another like 10 yeah. you know marshmallows are kind of weird in a microwave so yeah you gotta play with you them should st- you should start a side gig on youtube and just make like stuff like that for people <laughs> <laughs> just make it just do a grady's cook side cooking show Oh my gosh, it would just be me cooking bacon. That's like... Follow me for more recipes. Like, I lost like 50 pounds about a year ago, and I've gained like some of that back, but I'm I'm back on my good diet, but it was just me learning, I mean, essentially going on a keto-ish diet, so it was a lot of me prepping bacon and just eating a lot of bacon. So you're off the goo for a while, is what you're saying. You know, I'm always switching. I love a gimmick. (laughs) I love quitting drinking. I love going keto. I love starting drinking. I love not being keto. Like, I just got to be binging in one direction at all times in life, and my hope is that eventually I'll learn moderation. Interesting. I wish I could do that. All right, well, here's my last one. I think think this is – Mike, do you have one more? I do have one more too, yeah. Oh, you do have one more? Okay, the last ones. Okay, two people in a no-rules – cage match who's fighting you can pick any two people that you want to fight wow any two people i want to see fighting in a no yes okay um i guess geez i feel like this this desire is really answered for me by the fast and furious movies so i'm trying to get outside of the the little box in my head of the rock and vin diesel um Okay, I'm going to go into the country world just so I can kind of limit my options here. Um, Interesting. I think it would be really fun to see Luke Combs versus Hunter Hayes. Um, (laughs) That'll be my answer. (laughs) I just think it would be an entertaining, um, you know, one of them's very small and light, and then there's Luke Combs. Well, yeah. <clears throat> no, the predetermined outcome of no, that. No, this one. is not me wanting a hit, a hit out on Hunter Hayes. I just thought, <laughs> think for the, uh, uh, just the visual matchup would be entertaining. <laughs> Interesting, I love it. Yeah, I, I, I think, okay, I Mike. think deep down, you just want to see Hunter Hayes get his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. I think I'll a talk lot about of other it people might, might take that one up too. Dude. I'll talk happen. about it with my counselor because I didn't. Yeah, maybe there's some <laughs> repressed rage. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay mike all right my last one is is an easy one just dogs or cats cats oh wrong answer i'm sorry dog here's the thing here's the thing L- look cats people that like cats are open to dogs and people that like dogs are such haters of cats and I feel like sure. they then turn around and act like they're the normal ones, that they're the good, upstanding members of society. You know, they're apple pie. They're all American. They love dogs. And really, I'm like, no, y'all are the haters. Us cat people are open to you, and we just want you to open our mind to us. I also just find cats inherently hilarious. They're the funniest animal that exists. They're always scared of everything. <laughs> they're always pissed off. They're mean. They're uh, weird. I love them. Oh, I'm allergic, hmm. so. All right. All right. Oh, he's allergic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have any pets, uh, but I think I'd. I also like that you can go on a weekend and just leave your cat with a bunch of food and it can take care yeah. of itself. Yeah, cats lot, are kind of low, low maintenance. maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Fair enough. Well, you survived. That was incredibly not rapid, but that's okay. No, <laughs> no, that was <laughs> you took rapid. You took like the most silly, dumb questions and like made big elaborate responses. I, I've never seen it. That was truly amazing. It was truly amazing. 
But you, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh. Oh. It was pretty cool. Well, maybe all that media training that Time Inc. made me do uh, worked for something. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, we should probably, since we since we dragged on the rapid fires for so long, we should get into our next featured artist for this episode. And it's one that our awesome guest, Grady, here handpicked himself and uh, put us onto him. And we were both loving it. So, yeah. Why don't you take it away, Grady? Yeah, so so they told me, hey, Grady, choose someone that you want to feature on this. And and I find that there's like a limited number of people that I can really champion because people can see little bits of my videos here and there. So I try and focus on a few at a time. And right now, my guy is Gabe Lee. Now, a lot of you guys know Gabe Lee because he put out Farmland, this really buzzy album a year ago. I'm sure you might have heard something about it, but he's gearing up for his second album now. And the things I like about Gabe Lee are that he has a really poetic songwriting style, that he has a really almost like Bob Dylan or Towns Van Zant-ish delivery. And I also think that like the fact that he is an Asian American and his parents immigrated here in the 80s from Taiwan, yet he grew up in Nashville, gives him this extremely fascinating perspective where he kind of is watching all these people come into Nashville and play dress up as a country star, and yet... You know, he already feels a little bit like an outsider just because he doesn't look like everyone else in the genre that he is making music in. And so I think he has a really interesting, different perspective. I think his music is beautiful, soulful. He's got some grit in his voice. I think the first song we're playing here is called Honky Tonk Hell, and that's Gabe's new single. The thing I love in this song the most that you should listen for is just kind of this last verse where he calls out some BS in Nashville and uh, talks about talks about the response he'd give the people if they want to question him being there, which makes me laugh. So this is Honky Tonk Hell by Gabe Lee. seen what I seen, done what I done, you'd be looking for a place to hide. Even if I had a shiny silver dollar, every time I miss a promised land, I'd still be two bucks shy at the back of the line, cause they ain't never gonna let me in. Oh lordy, when my pride got the best of me, when my pride got the best of me, I was a stuck no good son of a gun until the good lord set me free. shit coming down till I saw a shimmer in a light. Lady Luck in her two-piece bikini come to fly me home through the night. Lord, when the dealer got a hold of me, when the dealer got a hold of me, I was a rolling, reeling, two-time cheating till the good Lord set me free. I found a way to put it all together. I tried to make the whole Yeah. 
reserved for all the folks down in Nashville Writing phony-ass country songs And if people ever get to asking Mr. Gabe Lee How you end up in here I look them dead in the eye And my only reply is to hit them with a mile-long stare Lordy, when the devil got a hold of me When the devil got a hold of me I felt a black hole way down deep in my heart Until the good Lord set me free Found a way to put it all together Tried to make the whole world see, yeah The punk-ass devil be gone Glory, St. Mary, hallelujah, let me be The punk-ass devil be gone Glory, St. Mary, hallelujah Hallelujah, let me be Gabe Lee, everybody. Gabe Lee. Remember that name because uh, he's on the way up, and we are so thankful for Grady for uh, introducing him to both us and now you guys, if you haven't heard of him before. Uh, he's really, yeah, he's fantastic. I've, I, like I said, I had asked Grady if he had anybody that he wanted to feature on here, and that was right away his response. And so I did a little digging myself, and yeah, I was, I was jamming, so... Definitely keep an eye out for his new album coming out, and uh, uh, definitely go check out, like he said, his, uh, was that 2019, Farmland? Yeah. He just put out an album, and he's putting out another one, so he's, he's going go. for it. Yeah, he's good stuff. Man, he's, yeah, impressive. He's, he's awesome. He's impressive. I was loving it. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. But, I'm, so, uh, I mean, it, for, for someone, yeah. I've, I heard just, what, today for the first time, yesterday maybe, when... Garrett told me, hey, this is someone that Grady uh, says to check out. So I just just d- uh, dug, dug into him this weekend. And, and uh, yeah, it, he is very, very impressive. So, um, yeah, can't wait to see what else is on this uh, this new album he's got coming. But, yeah, I did look up his tour, though, and it's just yeah. nowhere nowhere near near me. So that's unfortunate. But <laughs> maybe, <laughs> Is he coming, maybe is he coming to Alberta? Yeah, well. Uh, no. Is he coming to Alberta? I, I didn't. I didn't see. Oh. I didn't see that on the on the list there. But maybe I just didn't scroll far enough away. Well, that's too bad. Everyone stops through. I don't Alberta. think it's a very big operation yet. I think they're probably still figuring out some of their their uh, <laughs> how to tour at a bigger scale. Yeah, they're they're a lot kind of just right around Tennessee and Kentucky is what it looked like. So yeah. staying pretty local. But, cool. Um, cool. Well, Mike, did you want to start off with a with a question here? Do you want to just kind of get into the broader discussion oh, you, that we had planned? You can. I don't know. I'll, I'll ask one, and then we can get into that discussion because mine mine's not too long. Sure. Um, but yeah, give her. So when where we're at, I don't know how to really word this too great, but I'll I'll give it a, sh- a shot here. We talk about like the worst offenders and like and making like pop country music like. You know, like, there's always, like, okay, like, we talked about Jake Owen. 
definitely don't like all of his stuff, but he's he's not the worst defender out there, you know, to to all of this. Yeah. Um, and then like yeah, just there there's like a, a scale out there, you know, with uh with how how bad are they? Um, and I just want to know who you think is the worst offender. <laughs> yeah, I would say the worst <laughs> offender to me is probably Dustin Lynch. Really? Oh man. Yeah, Dustin Lynch. And it might have been just that, you know, Cowboys and Angels was such a nice song that when he, like, started off, it was so easy to root for him. And he had this cowboy hat on. And maybe our hopes were all a little too high that this was going to be some renaissance of traditionalism. But to me, there's, like, the aggressively non-country stuff that Sam Hunt puts out. Right. And uh, in some ways, I feel like it's a little more honest and just being what it is, it's like this is clearly meant to be pop. Then some of the really broish hip hop infused country that I would say has just as much production BS covering up all of the sound, and instead of having any kind of like honest lyrics, just has the exact same eight <laughs> phrases about like let's do a little like tail tail light dancing or like i want to like be under the moonlight with you it's all these truck songs it's slide on over baby let's ride down a road let's sit in the moonlight i'm looking at your lips your hair is blown in the wind like it's just these hookup truck anthems and literally like every song on his last record sounds like that <laughs> they all have the you know they share a lot of the same songwriters a lot of these guys and to me, it's just incredibly derivative. And what makes it more offensive is that it also is trying to cash in on country cred at the same time when really that's nothing more than the fashion that the guy is wearing. Right. It's it's just like the jeans and it's just the cowboy hat. And then the music is so boring. You know, I feel like I don't, I don't know what that some some monk or some saint at some point said a phrase that I remember hearing when I was like 14 in some required chapel that I had to go to at school that was like, if you're going to sin, sin boldly. And that's sort of how I feel. Like if you're going to mess with, if you're, if you're going to make pop country, go for it. Do what like Callie Shore did on her last record or do what Sam Hunt does. Um, just like fully bastardize it and make something new and interesting. But to me, it's way sadder to just turn in song after song after song. There's something really, um, I, don't, I was going to say wrong about it. And yeah, I'll stick with that. There's something wrong about it. So for me, Dustin Lynch, he, I like, he I like, gets under my skin. I like the word you used earlier, offensive. <laughs> yeah. The music he's making is offensive <laughs> to country. Yeah. It's offensively I mean, to, inoffensive. To, to, me, they, to me, they should just uh, Taylor Swift it and just own the whole pop label. Right. Just, totally switch over. Like, right? like Dan and Shay, have, they have no bit like... That that's probably who I would say, you know. But I know you kind of because they're the ones like they're like full blown pop. There's nothing. There's nothing country about oh, yeah. anything they put oh, yeah. out probably ever that I've heard. And it's like I'm with you. Go for it, but don't stop calling yourself country. Like stop putting it out on. I don't know. That's I. That just bugs me. That like you're you know what you're doing. Just don't even call it country because it's there's nothing country about anything Dan and Shay does ever. Or Walker Hayes. Walker Hayes might be my least favorite of everybody, honestly. But Yeah, my, my main feeling, see, I, I, I think like with Danny Shea, it's I, I don't know if y'all watched that Ken Burns documentary. 
Um, uh, no, I haven't caught. We've been all we've yet. been told multiple times too, and haven't. But you know, I think it definitely had like I've become since watching that like a little bit less of a gatekeeper. I'm not saying you're gatekeeping right now, but I used to definitely feel like Danny Shay need to like, get out of this genre. And I think that documentary kind of helped me see a little more clearly, like, well, I guess there's always been ebbs and flows and the sound of country in the eighties got really ridiculously poppy to the point that Olivia Newton, John was winning awards. And then, you know, things kind of shifted back in the nineties with Randy Travis. And right. um, so I think like, I kind of try, have lately tried to boil it down more to just, is it at all substantive? Is it at all good? And my main issue with a lot of the pop country getting put out is that so often when you take the pop sound, we're also getting way worse lyrics, way shallower subject matter. Right. And like that to me is a bigger existential threat because it is, it, it's just watering down the genre in a way that, I find it would be harder for it to recover from than like certain types of instruments or styles going out, certain types of instruments or sounds going out of style. So I, at least the one thing here's me trying hard to put a positive spin on something that I can say about Danny Shay is that <laughs> they at least, uh, I do think that a, they're good singers. B they perform. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a cheesy performance, but they do a lot more than a lot of these bros. They just walk back and forth on the stage right. and C. I think their uh, their words are very simple, but they're not uh, derivative. Yeah. Maybe I'll say that. I don't know. Maybe I'll say that. <laughs> no. Does it feel like I'm stretching? Because I'm a little bit stretching. A little bit, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're, I, I, they're, yeah, their music's not as terrible as as a lot of other people's. Like I said, Walker Hayes is probably worse, but it's definitely worse he, i think he, he might be yeah the worst uh that that's out there I don't <laughs> he's think got a lot of kids to feed i don't i don't think dan and shay's a, a bad band but it's just they're so far from country that's what just drives yes. me nuts sometimes yeah. i am like why don't we words have to mean things right right like what's the point of even calling anything any genre if we're just gonna say this is country right yeah exactly i get what you're saying yeah <clears throat> but interesting interesting there um I agree. I, yeah. I liked what you said there about uh, about like the country. When you were talking about Dustin Lynch, I'm kind of backtracking, but I liked what you said about how, um, you know, it's the way he dresses and they sell the whole like country thing. Because I will die on this hill. I I think that Nashville knows that they can make money off of selling the country lifestyle within this the, or you know i say that in air quotes you can't see me right now because i'm my facetime's disconnected but the country lifestyle per se they 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 make that like a product with like the red cups and this you know the red cups and tailgates like you said and then sell that to people who have no idea what the country lifestyle really is <laughs> you know what i mean it's people in the suburbs who are and the people who, are, like we said, the the people who are going to some of these arena concerts that really feed off of that, and then and then they think, oh well, that's the country lifestyle. You know what I mean? They think it's all about partying and beer drinking and tailgates and red cups. When really, I mean, to me, there's nothing more country than listening to some of these songs from artists that we're promoting on here that are talking about, you know, they have real substance. They're talking about, you know, life life and in, in general just just like shit that's there's nothing better than than listening to some real country music that's 
has some real emotion and meaning and like a story to it. Yeah. That'll, that'll, that'll make you like, to me, that's the country lifestyle. It relates to things in your life. That's, it doesn't have to be about living in the middle of nowhere, but it's about, that's, that's to me what it's about. I mean, that didn't make a whole bunch of sense, but I think you might get what I'm, what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I think there's yeah, it's like marketing that's, versus that's country reality. To me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's about real stuff. It's about real people. It's about real situations. It's not about I don't know <laughs> Daisy Dukes and solo cups. Anyway, we gotcha. We gotcha. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're laying down. But. Yeah, I don't. I should have should have maybe thought that one through a gig before I started spouting off. But no, it, was, um, it was a good rant. I, I'm there, a buddy. firm believer in Nashville. Just likes to monetize that. <laughs> that whole country lifestyle kind of thing when it's really not, that's not the reality of it. I know. Yeah. It de- definitely bums me out. I think like I- I've, I've made the same thought that country big. When we talk about country, I'd say mainstream country. It's goal is to get played on the radio. If you're a radio artist, your goal is to end up on a big tour. It would be awesome if you could right. end up on, you know, the, the first opener of three for like, you know, a Jason Aldean mega ticket tour in the summer or something. And it is, you know, you see those those types of events, they're really built around the party. Country music's almost meant to yeah. be the background music. It is just meant to yeah. be something that is is kind of a backdrop for the social gathering. And to that end, it's like, well, good. I guess like that is effective for the bottom line. But you see so many of those artists that, you know, if they could, if they could trade in their seven number ones. And instead have what Casey Musgraves has, which is, you know, no number ones on radio. And in fact, a very bad relationship with country radio, but full, huge amphitheaters of people singing back every word of her songs. They would do it in a second. Um, And so it's, I think, a different game that a lot of those people are playing. They're like, and it bums me out because you hear certain people that have actually quite a bit to say. Like Lauren Elena would be a perfect example of this to me, where... There are songs on her last record. She's a total pop country girl. She's not trying to be anything but that. Um, But there are songs on that last record, like one called Same Day, Different Bottle, about like her father being unable to stop drinking. Um, And you're like, damn, this girl has things to say. But the type of setting that she's in, um, being like one of these people going on these big opening runs on tours and trying to play the radio game, that's not the side of her that anyone's going to get to see. And I just... I guess I hope those artists uh, find a way to pivot out of that, but it doesn't seem like many of them do. It seems no. like once you start playing that game, it's hard to stop. Once you get in the machine, it's hard to get out. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I guess. You, isn't you get money and fame. I mean, yeah. There are a few that do it well. That. I think like Eric Church and Dirk Bentley are always my two kind of, and Miranda Lambert. They're the three people that I would look at and say, I think they have played the, the smartest games. They have done enough to stay in the good graces of mainstream. Right. Even Eric Church has right. some stupid songs like, you know, uh, Two Pink Lines. Drink in My Hand. Right. and, But, like, you got to have some of those just so people like you at a baseline, and then you can really put out the art that you want to put out. And I think you got to pace that smart. And they've all done a good job of it. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Not a, in it. <laughs> That's funny you say that because, <clears throat> I mean – I like I like Eric Church and I completely agree that he'd like toes the line perfectly. Um and I mean so then so I mean me as a 
as a person who does like Eric Church and is, a, you know, a, a purist per se, then I do hear a song of like drink in my hand, but it's almost like forgiven. It's like, oh, I can jam to this because I mean, it's Eric Church. It's like, no, and not every, but I mean, not every song has to be, you know, <laughs> not every song has to be so incredibly complex that it's, that's what makes it good. I mean, if it sounds good, it sounds good, but there's also, like you said, uh, a, a right and a wrong way to, to do that. Like another another guy who does that well is is what Stapleton's doing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, definitely. Although his the best music well, he ever he, made if was he a steel drivers, comes back but, ever. Yeah. Well, you think you think he's lost? I think maybe fame wasn't exactly what Stapleton wanted in life, right. uh, because he recorded those like from A Room albums from A Room Volume One and Volume Two so long ago, and then he doesn't really tour. The guy's got a lot of children, so he might just be being uh, a good father and husband <laughs> at the moment. But there are rumors, rumblings that he could be back this year, and I certainly hope he is. Yeah, I sure hope so. But you even look at someone like him, it's like he has cuts for, he wrote, um, what was Thomas Rhett's song where he's dancing on a bridge? He, he's written like a few Thomas Rhett songs. Luke Bryan has cut some of his music, like then, Drink a Beer. Yeah. So, didn't, wasn't he like, yeah. a, didn't he sing with Luke Bryan like? or something like that probably like, i could hear I, him i, I mean he, drink a beer is like i would imagine that's when he did yeah well yeah i, I think he had like pretty they i think those two have a, have a pretty deep relationship like they're like like buds okay or something. cool Maybe I, I, just, I think i heard it somewhere at least when like when i first knew about stapleton and i was like oh he, he like he's friends with luke bryan that doesn't make sense but <laughs> yeah um <laughs> I know, man. It's, I'm telling you, it's like a weird small. It's a, it's a weird small town, but yeah. uh, doesn't mean. Yeah, it's it's important not to get for me at least to try to almost not think of the people like on whether on individual terms of do I like them or not? Because man, you start to read about Luke Bryan and how uh, he took in his nieces and nephews after you know the death of a sibling and you start to be like damn you're a good guy mm. and then you see him twerking on stage and you're like uh, i can't stand uh, you um so. yeah, yeah no that's that's a great point there's i mean there's the artist and the and the paint picture that they paint as that artist like you said with the twerking <laughs> and then there's the person so it's i mean it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day though it's fun i feel like right. Every time I go to Nashville, I make myself, this is literally my process in Nashville. This is like such a ivory tower intellectual thing to do, but it, whatever, it's who I am. I go to lower Broadway to where all the big bars are. And I typically, I want to set up in Robert's Western world. That's my favorite, but I try to spend an hour with my phone in my pocket and just like sit in some of these big honky tonks, whether it's Blake Shelton's old red or whether it is, uh, like Dirk's Bentley's bar or Florida Georgia lines and just like look around at the people and see everyone laughing and kind of let the cynicism run off me and be like, you know what? People come from all over this country to sincerely have fun. And Absolutely. I really care about music, but at the end of the day, I guess it is the business of entertainment. And uh, I, I always just try to do that and remind myself, even though I really, 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 really hate, what nashville is turning into i guess at the end it ain't that huge of a deal so i'm tortured you know one you catch me in one minute i'm gonna say 
pop country sucks and it's ruining everything and this genre I love. And then you catch me in another minute and I'm like, I don't care so much. But I kind of feel like we're all that way. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm more, more of <laughs> the first. funny because, but... I mean, I... <laughs> I meant the, I've, the universal. I've I know, yeah. I've been to Nashville too myself, and uh, but I, I went with a bunch of guys that I, I knew it wasn't gonna be about sitting and listening to music. They wanted to go and party, so I mean that's kind of I kind of threw that that thought out the window on the plane ride down there. <laughs> and oh we boy, just, it gets you know, messy. A lot of chads and... and a lot of uh, <laughs> pedal cabs with uh, bachelorette parties on them. Yeah, holy shit! I'd never seen those things before until then. It was that was wild. But uh, no, it's it's a fun town. I'd like to. I'd, I would like to go back and then do have you know more of a laid back, critical um, opinion you know experience. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, that kind of that that I mean, you kind of answered it a little bit. But I just want to ask you like how your perspectives on 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 all of this. I mean, as somebody who probably identifies as a purist, say how. How has how has your perspectives on just the genre as a whole and, you know, pop country and right and wrong, you know, changed throughout your journey through YouTube and getting to where you are now compared to, say, when you started making these videos? Totally. It's such a good question and it's always in process. I think that in general, if I had to sum up my strategy as like a person that wants people to find great music... It's this thing that my dad always has said that you'll win more bees with honey. Um, so that's like a, f- a weird old Southern phrase. I don't know where it came from, but essentially like, I don't know what an equivalent phrase is. Maybe a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Um, just, I try to, uh, I try to introduce small doses of independent, um, country of americana of really like quality stuff that i know is never gonna get played on the radio i just try to introduce it right there alongside some of the mainstream stuff and i do that because i just find that people um are a lot more receptive to it when you're kind of meeting them where they're at and uh saying like hey i actually really liked a few songs on this luke combs record Um, It reminds me of this other artist. Like, it reminds me of Gabe Lee, who's another artist that I really like. You guys should check him out. And I'm not trying to manipulate anyone. I just, it's how I choose to communicate. And I think it's different. You know, you asked how I've evolved or how my thoughts have evolved. It's definitely different than, uh, I would say, initially after I got red-pilled. I don't know if you know the scene in uh, The Matrix where Morpheus offers Neo the red pill and to see how far it all goes down. I feel like when I listened to Southeastern by Jason Isbell, it was so good. It was so good that I was like out of an ejector seat launched into the world of independent country music. And then I was listening to High Top Mountain. I was listening to Tin Star by Lindy Ortega. Mm. I couldn't get enough of it. And my initial response actually was anger at the mainstream i was like pissed that yeah there was all this great music and i felt like why is this the identity i've always been told that country music has and uh i guess just i made a lot of content out of that mindset and i'm proud of all that content so many things i wrote and even like that 2013 video like that stuff connected with people i my anger was real it voiced a real thing that people felt and i still have like that inside of me i guess just as i've gotten older 
I feel like a little less keyed up about it and more comfortable saying, you know, it's awesome that there is all of this great music that I respond to. Um, and it is what it is that country music is going to advertise itself the way that it is. And so I'm not fully on that train. It's just something I've opened my mind to a little bit more and kind of realized I can balance out my perspective a little bit. Now that said, I still get frustrated. I still get pissed off when I feel like this American art form of country music is just getting turned into nothing more than a fashion accessory. I mean, you, there's the song, my truck that's blowing up right now by this guy named Breland. Uh, wait till you, I mean, I don't know if that's on y'all's radar yet, no, but that's going to be like the next old town road. It is oh, like no, a perfectly great. bottled controversy waiting to happen. Um, they're trying to make it look like he's just this upstart guy, but really he is signed to Atlantic and mark my words in two months, there will be a whole other discussion about this. And when I see that kind of like, super, uh, you know, and, and it's about like, you know, you can take my blunt, you can take my Henny, you can take my honey, but don't touch my truck. Oh my and God. it's just a rap song. And, and you know, to me, like when you get this kind of assault on, on a, on a genre and with no more motivation than seemingly like we just want to disrupt, we just want to use the name country as, like I said, yeah. an accessory or just something to, uh, kind of like a, a rung on the ladder to jump somewhere else. Yeah, I still there's this major injustice complex in me that wants to fight that. So, like I said, I'm I'm a little I a little bit talk out both sides of my mouth, but I'm sincere in doing so. But I guess just <laughs> I I choose to communicate specifically in the country conversation. It gets like everything else really polarized. People kind of think, you know, it's either Tyler Childers is the future, everything mainstream sucks, or okay, all you hipster snobs can go to your Tyler Childers concert. You don't, you're not in touch with what the people want. And I guess consider it my own little act of rebellion to say, no, I actually do like both. So I don't know if that answered your question fully, but. No, it does. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it kind of does. <laughs> it, it highlights, I think it highlights well, like the, where we differ um, a bit too. Cause we're, I mean, at least myself personally, I'm, I'm like, when you described like the anger phase that like, that's, I have a I have a hard time getting out of that, you know. Like, <laughs> like you turn on the radio and it's like, God damn it! Like so many other people should be played right now. That's not these people. Or like you hear an artist like Gabe Lee, and like you go look up, like look look up stuff about him, and he has like no following at all. It's like no one even knows about him. He's making right. this, this awesome music. It's like, how does that even happen, man? Like, like I don't know. And I mean that's what we're here for i mean that's what we're doing is is we i mean that's what we're dedicated to doing is just promoting these guys that because i mean i think at the end of the day and i mean we still haven't had this discussion on the podcast between me and mike about what we call country but these are the kind of guys that we think and they are sorry guys again um these are the kind of the artists that in an ideal in in a perfect world these are the mainstream artists, you know, they get that attention and maybe, maybe mainstream isn't what they want. Maybe they don't want that kind of fame, but you know what I mean? I want to turn on the radio and I want to hear Gabe Lee. I want to hear Sturgill. I want to hear Tyler Childers. I want to hear Mike and the moon pies, you know, Ugh. that's Emily country Scott music <laughs> to me. I, Emily Scott Robinson, Kelsey Walden, you know, I mean, that's, that's country music to me that this other, this other crap that's, it's just, it's not there's no substance to it there's no there's no uh meat on the bones it's just spewed out you know computer generated 
garbage most of the time. But then at the same time, I'm a big believer, and I've had this conversation multiple times on Twitter with people. I'm a big believer in you need, and I'm probably going to get crucified for this one. I mean, Midland's an example of somebody who's like taking that whole like 90s country, like they're like, they're like taking that whole like sound and like vibe and like running with it. And they're not really like a honky tonk band. They're like, you know, put together, you know, yeah, that that greatest talking about a questionable backstory. Oh, right. Exactly. But at the same time, they don't, I listen to them over freaking uh, Walker Hayes or whatever who you said earlier, right? Like I listen to them over, (laughs) over 90% of those people on the radio any day of the week. So to me, you need the the Midlands and you need the even like a John Party or something like that. You need those guys now in the mainstream. Just to make it to not as bad. Maybe, maybe they listen to that. Maybe they listen to those guys and then they go down the rabbit hole and they find Kelsey Walden, Tyler Childers, Sturgill Simpson. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day, I think they're I think they're doing more positive than they are harm. They're not they're not offenders to me. Um we had that conversation earlier. They're not. They're not on the offenders list for me. They're 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 doing more more good than they are harm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, look. I I like that. I'm not saying I'm right. It's just where I'm at. Right. And maybe I have gotten too close to the the big shiny select like the the, the country <laughs> stars. Maybe I've talked too much to Florida Georgia Line. And and I'm not gonna lie, that kind of stuff does change. I'm like, damn, like I don't want to make fun of these guys. There as is, much this, this is a more complex issue than I than I realized. But um I tend to think there's like a happy medium and uh I, but I also certainly hope I certainly hope a lot of this kind of like the I don't know what to call it. Maybe the Americana movement it bums me out kind of, I feel like that's lost a little bit of momentum right. maybe because of Childers sort of distancing himself from it. But I actually thought maybe this is a good solution a few years ago. I was like, maybe this is like just the answer. Maybe all the type of country music that I really love is just going to get classified as Americana. But now that doesn't really seem to be what has happened. So I don't know. Right. I do hope like you guys that great music finds an audience. Right. Absolutely. That's the goal. Yeah, I, don't, I don't mean to say that, you know, I, I don't I don't mean to say that I like I said can, can you know completely hate everybody in the main, mainstream I just mean that some of those ones that are more traditional sounding I think they're they're really beneficial to the overall you know great music fight like you just said like we hope that that kind of shines through at least you know maybe that'll bring some people over into into our universe I suppose well, well that's what's beautiful about the Texas scene right is it's like so so many of these great artists I feel like are trying to play the same game as the Nashville game. And, and like the Nashville game, as we've discussed a lot on this already, that's that's doing their own thing and they're good at it. Like, those guys know how to make money. Um, but what I love about some of the artists out in Texas is that they're just like, look, we're going to do our own thing out here. And I also see an artist like Zach Bryan, who's just right. posting his own videos on his YouTube channel, building yeah. an audience for himself. And so many of these artists, I want to like shake them and be like, stop premiering your music video on like taste of country no shade to taste the country but like this is not the game you need to be playing you need to just like do your own thing that your audience is on the internet and they're gonna have to work a little harder to find you from people like you guys that are exposing their music and so sometimes i just i want to free them from the the dark cloud that the nashville systems can can be for independent artists yeah right that's a good take there 
Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we should probably wrap this up. I think uh, we're, we're over our time restraint <laughs> so far. but Yeah, how we're keeping going um, from important <laughs> stuff. We, we really do. Oh, it's all good. It's fun to talk to you guys. <laughs> we, we really do appreciate you coming on and, and speaking your mind, pick, letting us pick your brain a bit. Um, yeah, you always, I mean, I, I love all the stuff you, you put out, all my, most of the stuff you put out. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no. dude you'll like you'll like the next one i'm currently making a real roast of uh the new country boy band movement oh, so yeah. um, that needs you'll, to be said oh, that that that's yeah, that one for you mike all right i appreciate that i'll, I'll remember that while watching it yeah. but um no that's that's funny and yeah, yeah. i'm I, I had fun um and i'm uh yeah hope hopefully we can you know stay in touch and make make some fun stuff in the future too and yeah it was a good time yeah yeah dudes thanks but yeah thanks so much for coming on grady we really appreciate it it's it's uh it's awesome to sit and actually talk to you instead of just listening to you on the youtube videos it's like oh cool this guy's like you know <laughs> he's you're you're uh it's the same thing it's like oh there's there's still a person there it's not just a guy on youtube <laughs> yeah I, I sometimes yeah although you're, we're, we're we're chatting in my room but yes i have, I have a whole real life outside of this bedroom i have legs i uh i don't know you haven't set sometimes. up this whole interview so i know yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> let's start that rumor i have no legs that was grady yeah. smith have legs. Well, it's a cons- conspiracy theory yeah. <laughs> does grady have legs yeah. oh gosh stay oh, tuned for God. episode totally 12 where we're <laughs> yeah deep dive on that one. Oh. Uh, but we yeah i mean yeah. yeah thanks a lot man i hope i hope you had fun sitting and and listen to us <laughs> oh well please ridiculous look guys it is and... hard to out I, I talk a lot so i should be i'm i'm just thanking you i know it's um i can be a little overbearing and a little bit of a steamroller no, no. so very fun to be on here you guys good, you guys are are passionate it's fun to be on this i support the podcast love that you guys are uh are doing what you're doing and i love that you have your sponsor red hoof yeah Red Hoof so good for y'all yeah thank yeah. you and That's and great. yeah we obviously love your stuff too and keep doing that and look forward to, to everything else you got coming especially that uh the boy band uh video <laughs> so that'll, that'll be cool um, yeah considering an open invite to come back again yeah. man you're you're more than welcome to and, come back anytime you and like. we have uh we do have another song um do you, now this is one that that this is grady's pick do you want to do you want to sign us out here and this is his jam yeah you can yeah sing, i'll man. sign i'll sign out You'll this this fine episode the, the last song that i said to play is one called eveline it's another one by gabe lee this is like a beautiful little lullaby of longing um and wistfulness and uh i don't know i don't know the full sign off but <laughs> thanks for listening to hippies and cowboys everyone perfect of fortune, the way we ride to Arizona in better times, gambler skinny, suit and tie, going under to stay alive.
fighting on by now what it calls to give everything away and take a long well I'd have wished and I'd have prayed and rolled the dice Everline Everline All the way down To Santa Fe It ain't queer any Until you came You pulled me over And stole the keys Kill the engine and kiss my cheek. If I'd have known by now it had to be that life is more than rust and gasoline. Hand me the keys, honey. Hand me the key. I'll give you a ride. Ever line. Everline Richland Walmart To Frankie's Pond It ain't stopped snowing Since you're gone Store-bought envy Gets you high Keeps you sober The homemade wine If I'd have known by now I was wrong That you were on my mind All along I would have never run Or ever tried to leave Or made you want to cry Evelyn Evelyn